0: ABC Listen, podcasts, radio, news, music, and more. We're coming to the business end of this referendum. For us, it's been a six week campaign. But for Auntie Pat Anderson, this referendum is something she's been working
1: towards for years. The journey has been an emotional roller coaster. Since we left Uluru in 2017, we have spent a lot of time trying to educate. I feel like I've spent my whole life in that trench, it, like a whole lot of us, educating, cajoling, explaining.
2: That's Arnie Pat Anderson. She was there at Uluru in 2017. In fact, she's the one who sent letters inviting Indigenous Australians to the constitutional dialogues that led us to this vote. Hi, I'm Carly Williams. I'm a Kwandamuka woman and the National Indigenous Correspondent with the ABC, joining you from Gadigal Land of the Eora Nation.
0: And I'm Frank Kelly, also here on Gadigal Land with Carly, and this is the final episode of The Voice Referendum Explained. So, with the referendum just days away, we thought it was a good time to recap what you need to know before you vote. We promised at the start of this podcast that we'd cover the facts, not the fights. And, it's true fact, there has been a lot more rancour, misinformation and disinformation than we've seen ever before in an Australian vote Mm. like this. So, we're going to take a look at the main arguments from the yes and no campaigns in this episode and where we're at in these final days. But first it's back to basics.
2: Yeah, first things first. When you head to the ballot box, you'll be asked one question. It will read, a proposed law to alter the constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Do you approve this proposed alteration? Yep, that's the question and
0: there'll be one box on your ballot paper. In that box, Carly, what are we writing? Yes or no, nothing else. That's it, yes or no. And Carly, just to remind everyone too that this is one question on the ballot paper but there are two elements to
2: it. Mm. So the first is constitutional recognition – at the moment, First Nations mob aren't mentioned in our constitution at all. The Yes campaign says we need to tell the whole story of Australia in that document, which is effectively the rule book of our nation.
0: The way Noel Pearson puts it is that this is the chance as a country for inclusion and constitutional recognition would structure a process of listening and learning to deal with the entrenched disadvantage. And that brings us to the second element of this constitutional change we're voting on, right? Right. The voice. The voice.
2: So it's not just symbolic recognition. It has a practical element, which is the voice, the advisory body. It won't fund programs. It will provide advice to the executive government and the parliament. But that advice can be ignored by parliament too.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what gets written actually into the constitution. If the vote is yes, it will say, quote, the Parliament shall have power to make laws with respect to matters relating to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, including its composition, functions, powers and procedures.
2: OK, that's clear. They can, they can tweak it. So, friend, let's go through some of the yes arguments. First, their key pitch is that mob get better outcomes from policies if they're involved in the decisions that affect them.
3: We're here to draw a line in the sand and say this has to change, people's lives have to improve. And we know from the evidence that what improves people's lives is when they get a say.
2: That's Professor Marcia Langton and those campaigning for yes argue that something needs to be done to address Indigenous disadvantage and to vote no means no change for the better.
3: We already live in no, we're already here in no, no is now. You know, so I'd rather work towards something different, something like an incremental change that, you know, if I thought, yes, was the finish line, I wouldn't be about it, but I don't think it's the finish line. I think there's, there's going to be work to do on the 15th, yes or no. So let's go.
2: That's Yorta Yorta rapper Briggs. He's released this viral uh, video ad, which basically boils it down to, if you don't know, maybe you should look, it, look it up. Look it up. Just look it up.
3: Have you Googled it? The voice, the proposal, the referendum. Have, have you Googled it?
2: You know what? I have not had heaps of time.
3: Mm. Just, I yeah. just. busy. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Pretty <laughs> much.
3: Life. <laughs> have you got your phone? Yeah. Can I see it? I'll help you out. Mm. Oh. Let's see what you do have time for.
0: Yeah, and that video has been seen by millions and millions of people. The Yes campaign, people like Pat Anderson, who we heard from at the start of this ep, like to remind everyone that constitutional recognition with a voice, so those two elements, was actually a direct request that came from First Nations people.
1: People forget that, but this came from us. It came from um, First Nations people, first peoples of this continent. So we felt that we'd done a very uh, extensive job The dialogues are full of tears and pain and anger, distress. But in the end, the delegates at Uluru, I remember that day very well. Everybody stood stood and clapped and cheered and lots of hugging, hugs and what have you. So it was, we felt we had done a really good job. We were confident in our efforts. And with Just Days to Go, Pat
0: Anderson is still campaigning and still talking about what a yes will look like.
1: When we get a yes, it's a whole new relationship, a whole whole different way of doing business. We will be included finally in the life of the nation and we will be able to sit down at the table metaphorically with the government and the executive of the day and be part of the decisions and policies that are made about us. This will be totally new. So it will be absolutely, as the play says, a brand new day.
2: But, of course, not everyone and not all Indigenous Australians are voting yes. On the no side, there are two camps. They have very different values and visions and arguments. There's the conservative no and then there's the progressive no. And there are some prominent Indigenous voices on both sides, Senator Karen Little is an a woman and a leading no campaigner in the opposition, which argues that this referendum proposal is constitutionally risky.
3: We heard from a range of different silks who are academics and um, uh, experts themselves in constitutional law, as well as some former judges of the High Court. Uh, what was true about that was there wasn't agreement on the risk. The only agreement was the risk wasn't quantifiable. When we finished that process, um, it was really clear there was absolutely no compromise on doing anything that would reduce concerns that were raised over risk. But Carly, on that risk
0: thing, over Mm. the last six weeks, we've had a long list of constitutional lawyers and two former High Court judges saying it's not the case, it's not risky. And they also say even if there is a challenge... That's what the High Court is there for. It deals with challenges all the time.
2: That's their argument. Mm, But Senator Little was on the parliamentary committee that looked at the legislation that set up this referendum and she believes any level of risk is a concern for our democracy.
3: It's true. When you get a bunch of lawyers in a room, they don't agree. And uh, I think the fact that there was disagreement um, means that we should be, as Australians always have, considering this very carefully. This is not just about uh, constitutional recognition. This is about a body called voice, which is not even defined in the, the question we're being asked or even the chapter itself.
0: When I spoke to Karen Little for this podcast, that wasn't her only issue with the voice, the whole thing around risk. She also questions how much it will achieve and the financial cost of this whole referendum process. And she says she's hearing from other Indigenous Australians who share her concerns.
3: I hear every day from people who are living in remote areas, are living in difficult circumstances, who say this voice is not for me. Um, I got, I actually got uh, some communication last night. These people sent me um, from the Riverland a video of them saying no. Um, I, I just think this notion that Aboriginal people all think the same or that we all support the voice is quite frankly a nonsense. That's not what people are telling me. Um, sure, there are people that support it, but there is a a body of people that are just saying absolutely no and for a range of reasons.
2: And another big argument from the no camp is this lack of detail.
0: Yeah, that's a big one. And it's true. There's no agreed model here. The PM didn't want that detail to be in the question because it's hard enough to get a referendum up in this country without getting bogged down in detail. If you're explaining you're losing is how the saying goes. And the constitution itself is not really the place for detailed policy. It's where the big ideas are listed. After all, this constitution was written more than 100 years ago and life and society are really different now.
2: Mm -hmm. The lack of detail has led, though, to a lot of concern in the community about The Voice, who will be on it, what will it do, how will they be selected. What we do know is The Voice would be representative of all mobs Uh, Members will be chosen by First Nations people. It won't give out funds and it'll be independent.
0: And there'll be regional and local voices as well as Mm. that sort of national voice. Mm. The Prime Minister says too that if the country votes yes, then there will be a joint parliamentary committee established to oversee the legislation creating the voice and its powers and functions.
2: But Fran, as referendum day creeps closer, I think the main argument I'm hearing from the No campaign, and that is resonating, is that the voice would split the country.
3: Do we divide our country along the lines of race within our nation's rulebook? Do we divide our country within our constitution? It is wrong to suggest we
2: have not had a voice. That's Shadow Minister for Indigenous Australians, Jacinta Numpagimpa Price. And a lot of those voting no say simply, we're all Australian. Why do we need to single out some over others in our constitution?
1: But Pat Anderson is not impressed with that argument. I get quite offended that some people are saying that if you vote yes, you're going to divide the nation on race. Well, I'm sorry, folks. Australia has always been divided on race.
2: And as we mentioned before, Indigenous Australians aren't in the constitution right now, but race actually is there. Professor George Williams is a constitutional lawyer and he was on the federal government's constitutional expert panel, which provided advice on the referendum question.
3: The constitution does reference race. Um, so in a couple of areas, it says that it contemplates that state uh, parliaments can prevent people voting because of their race. Uh, I don't know any constitution in the world that still has a clause like that. Of course, it's not used, fortunately, but it's still there. And then there's the races power, which lets the federal parliament make laws for the people of any race. And that's there uh, directed at races, primarily back in 1901, for racist purposes to prevent certain races from having jobs in areas or living in areas but they're directed to people based upon race. They're still in the constitution, but they don't specifically reference Indigenous peoples in any way.
0: And in 2007, you probably remember, Carly, John Howard controversially used that race power to put in place the Northern Territory intervention. It was a set of policies imposed on Indigenous communities in response to the Little Children, a sacred report into neglect and sexual abuse of Aboriginal children. It included things like welfare quarantining, alcohol bans, sending the army and more police into communities to stop violence and abuse.
2: But back to this referendum debate, Fran, the other no camp is the progressive no. They're far from arguing that the voice is too risky. They say it doesn't go far enough, right? They're saying it's not powerful enough. Uh, Independent Senator Lydia Thorpe represents a group called the Black Sovereign Movement, which describes this constitutional offering as scraps from the table.
1: They want to feel good about the referendum. The referendum to assimilate our people into their constitution.
2: I think all sides of the debate, Fran, do agree that this campaign, the toxicity has really hurt First Nations people. Uh, Last episode, we heard from Marge Anderson, who runs an Indigenous helpline, 13 Yarn. They have been bombarded with calls and almost overwhelmed by people ringing up, sharing their experiences.
0: Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of racism and vitriol on social media, isn't there?
2: There sure is. Senator Lydia Thorpe was named in a video where a neo-Nazi white supremacist was burning an Aboriginal flag and he, he used her name in that video. Uh, she's accused the police, the federal police and the PM of not doing enough to protect her.
1: You want to paint me as an angry black woman? Well, you are about to see an angry black woman because I am not hiding this time. I've been in exile for four months. Four months I wasn't allowed to be in my own home because people want to kill me out there.
2: So that is scary, that is real, and Senator Thorpe isn't the only Indigenous MP with extra security right now. Mob are copying it. But, friend. Referendum day is almost here. How quickly are we going to find out on this day?
0: Well, pretty quickly on the night, I reckon. There are no preference flows or anything like that to count in a referendum. It's just yes or no on the ballot paper, which makes it a lot easier and a lot quicker. And all of the pre-poll votes will be counted on the night too. And there's well, well over two million of those already. But wherever it lands, Carly, I'm here to tell you the ABC's chief election analyst, Anthony Green, will be there to help keep you across the numbers.
3: Malcolm Fraser in 1975 won an election with 56% of the two-party preferred vote. That was a landslide. We're seeing the no case at levels above that. So if that's what the election is going... ..the referendum is going to produce, it will be very clear very quickly.
0: So if the polls are right, we'll know really soon. If they're not... Well, settle in for the long count.
2: And remember, it's a double majority needed to change the constitution. So we're going to be watching the national count, but also how each state is voting in order to get this voice over the line. Four out of six states need to vote yes.
0: That means if three states vote no, it's all over. It's all over. And as both sides make their final pitch in these last days, they're all starting to look now at life beyond this vote. Senator Karen Little says there's nothing to fear from no.
3: What I want to say post the referendum, which unfortunately is a a win or lose proposition, I think we all lose given the polling that's proposed at the moment, but let's see what happens on referendum day. But I, I think what's really important for people to understand is it won't be a magical fix and it won't be a magical change regardless of the result. But what we do have to do is stop this government from denying us to have those inquiries that are looking at the organisations right now where there are clearly some issues that need exploring and let us do that work so that we can get the change.
2: And then those like Arnie Pat Anderson, who have been on this campaign since its beginning, really, they're urging Australians just to make sure they're informed before they go to the ballot box.
1: There's only you, there's only you and your conscience. So when you go into that little space, Make an informed decision, whichever way you vote. Vote yes, or you can vote no. But take responsibility for that vote. This is a really important time for our nation, not just for blackfellas, it's for the whole nation. It's a time for us to reflect upon who we are, what do we stand for, and what are our values as a nation. It's crunch time, folks.
0: It's crunch time, Carly. And this is our final episode. So thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you've got friends and family who are still a bit confused or want to know more about this referendum, send them our way on The Voice Referendum Explained. It's a podcast on the ABC Listen
2: app and
0: we're on iview.
2: And there's still plenty to come right up until Referendum Day and beyond. ABC Radio will have full coverage on the night from 6pm with Dana Morse and Tom Ariti and ABC TV will have referendum broadcast as usual. And in this video, on Sunday, Fran and I will be back with Sam Hawley in a special episode of ABC News Daily. And before we go, a big shout out to our
0: producer Madeline Jenner for her great ideas, hard work and just all-round brilliance in making this pod. What do you reckon, Thanks, Carly? Thanks, love you. The video version is edited by Murray Adam and Richie Pappas with camera work from Adam Wyatt and Jeff Kemp. Our theme music is composed by Aaron Campbell. So for one last time, see you, Carly. See you, Fran.